Welcome. We are so glad to be with you today. My name is Sarah and this is Micah. And we are the lead pastors at the Vine Church in Kennewick, Washington. So glad that you've invited us into your home today and that you've chosen to be with us. Feel free to say hi in the comments. We'd love to get to interact a little bit. Well, hi, friends. It's good to be here. Hey, we have some exciting news to share with you today. So for the past two years or so, we've been uh, exploring what are next steps in this church. We've had a facilities committee together considering where might God be inviting us into this community? How might we engage in new ways? And uh, just in the past few weeks, God has begun to open some incredible doors, and we are so excited to share with the church what the facilities committee and the leadership team is proposing as a next step. So if you're able to join us Tuesday evening at 7 p.m., we'll have a Zoom meeting and we'll be emailing out and posting on social media links to join us in that. If you're not able to be at it, we encourage you to contact Sarah or myself and let's have a conversation uh, about what could be. We are so excited to continue to pray, seek the, the Spirit's guidance as we consider uh, what God is inviting us into in the seasons to come. We really, really are so excited. So we're looking forward to those conversations with you. Uh, hey, Micah, how long have we been married? You're going to put me on the spot? You're totally put him on the spot. <laughs> more than 13 years. He got it right. Yeah. We've been married more than 13 years. Yeah. Can you believe it? We have actually, we're coming up on 17 years of marriage. Believe it or not, yes, we're that old. <laughs> but we are so, so excited about that. You know, I was thinking about that today and thinking back to our wedding day. And I loved our wedding day. Everything was just so beautiful. And one of the things I loved the most about our wedding day were the people that were there. So obviously Mike and I were there, but standing with us, you know, I had my bridesmaids, he had his groomsmen, we'd invited our family and friends, and we just had uh, so many people whom we loved there. And they all came to just witness this marriage. They came to share this moment with us. And I think that's one of the things that made that day so special. Yeah, witnesses. And so today we're going to start into a new series and we're going to be talking about what it looks like to be a witness in the context of Christianity, in the context of the work of God in this world. So uh, a little while ago, we were in a series um, on the words of Jesus, and we were exploring throughout the four gospel accounts uh, what Jesus had to say and how it related in the first century and how it relates today in the time and the place that we find ourselves. Um, the gospel accounts told of Jesus, who was a healer and a miracle worker, uh, who was a teacher and a prophet and who claimed to be the Son of God. It tells the story of him being crucified on a cross, and then it tells the story of him rising again and appearing to hundreds of his followers. Um, and uh, what's incredible is uh, at the end of, for instance, the Gospel of Luke, he tells the story of Jesus' ascension. He speaks to his followers, and then he ascends up into heaven. And uh, what's incredible about the story is that it doesn't end there. Now, this man, Luke, he goes on to tell um, the, the story as the church begins, as the Holy Spirit begins to work powerfully in the book of Acts. The story was not over. In fact, uh, a new moment, a new movement in the story of God 
was beginning. And so today we're going to start this series on Acts, this, this movement of the kingdom of God. And so today we want to start in Acts 1. And I, we just want to read like the whole section um, together with you today. So I'm going to be reading from Acts 1 verses 1 through 8. So just get comfortable and listen or open up your Bibles and follow along, whatever you're comfortable with. But, but hear the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, when he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and they asked, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yeah, what an incredible text. Jesus risen from the dead. The apostles, his followers, having gone from distraught and confused to now sitting with him as he continues to speak to them mm -hmm. and teach them. And what does he speak about? He speaks about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And this was a term that they would have been quite familiar with as Jesus had been speaking about the kingdom of God throughout his ministry, throughout his time with them. Uh, Jesus taught them it's here and it's coming. This is often referred to as the inaugurated kingdom, uh, the kingdom that has both arrived and is yet still coming in its fullness. So for instance, when Jesus uh, teaches them to pray at one point, he says uh, these words, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He speaks of this kingdom, God's will coming down and being done on earth. Now, in simple terms, the kingdom refers to the place where God reigns, right? The time and the place where God is mm -hmm. reigning. And so we as followers of Jesus are a part of this kingdom of God. Um, so Jesus is sitting here after his uh, resurrection with his closest followers, and he's uh, teaching them and he's reiterating to them this kingdom that is coming, this continued story of God's work and this new chapter in what God do, is doing in the world. And what's funny is, like they often did, they kind of misunderstand what he's talking about. And, I do it too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, we all do at times. And so they, they say to him, so when are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And they're thinking mm -hmm. of an earthly kingdom. They're thinking, as Jesus says, you know, it'll expand beyond Judea into all the world. They're thinking he's talking about Israel's expansion. But instead, uh, Jesus is speaking of a different kind of kingdom. Uh, a kingdom that's 
upside down that's different than the kingdoms of the world. He's speaking of the kingdom of God, one in which the poor, marginalized, the hurting are valued and are cared for, a kingdom in which justice reigns, a kingdom in which God's healing touch is being realized in this world. He says this kingdom has come and it is coming this, as you can imagine, as Jesus sits with his followers after his ascension, uh, he, he's going to speak important words. And what does he tell them about? He tells them about the kingdom of God that is coming, that has come, and is coming in its fullness. So Jesus spends 40 days with his followers between the time that he rose from the dead and the time that he ascended. And he's choosing to speak about the kingdom of God and, and preparing them, getting them ready for what was to come. And he says this, in, starting in verse 4, he gives them a command. And I imagine they're really excited at this point. And here's the command that he gives them. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So I don't know about you, but for me, when I'm on the cusp of something big, I know I'm anticipating something big is about to happen. The last thing I want to do is just wait. <laughs> like I, I have a really hard time just waiting. But Jesus is very specific here to his followers. He says, wait on the spirit. Wait because you will be baptized by um, with the Holy Spirit. So baptism in Greek, the word baptism means to be immersed, to be immersed in, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus here is saying, hey, wait on the Spirit. Don't just go off and do what you can do in, in your own strength through your own will, but wait on the Spirit because it's only with the Holy Spirit that you'll be able to do what I have called you to do. Yeah. So he's saying that this movement of God is continuing um, and he's saying that it will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, mm -hmm. Jesus had talked with them a lot about the Holy Spirit. This wasn't an entirely new concept. Uh, in fact, at one point, uh, in, both in John 14 and John 16, Jesus is talking to his apostles and he's saying, the Holy Spirit is coming. And at one point he says, it's actually good that I'm leaving you. <laughs> and I can only imagine how confused or astonished they might be in that mm -hmm. moment. How could it be good if Jesus is leaving us, but he says it's good because the Father will send the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And this Holy Spirit is spoken of mm -hmm. to be our comforter and our guide and the one who would empower the continued work of God in the world. Mm -hmm. In verse 8, Jesus says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And a witness, I mean, what is a witness? A witness is simply someone who has seen or experienced something significant, and then they go and share that experience with someone else. And the idea of a witness is found throughout the story of God, throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, the nation of Israel was to be a witness of God to all the other nations, they, that was the whole purpose of God working through that one nation was that they would be a light and a blessing to all nations. And when they didn't fulfill that purpose, God sent prophets to the nation of Israel and the prophets were to be witnesses for God. They would hear messages from God and then share that with Israel. 
In the New Testament, Jesus is the chief witness. Not only is he communicating the words of God and the heart of God that we might understand, but Jesus is God. Jesus is God in human form. He is called the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And later on in the Gospels, and and now that we're in Acts, in Acts we see the collective people of God become Jesus's witnesses. The global church, this, this movement that starts in Jerusalem, goes out to the ends of the earth, and the people of God are to be witnesses for Jesus. Yeah. So what specifically are we witnesses of? Well, the mantra of the first century church and what we are witnesses of is that Jesus rose Mm. from the dead, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Savior, that he is hope. It it was the crux of Christianity. And, you know, Jesus made all sorts of claims throughout his ministry and life. He said, I'm one with the Father. He said, I'm the Messiah. He told of how he would be crucified and then raise again. Um, But the fact that Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to hundreds of people, this is the proof of his claims. You know, it's the proof that he is the hope for us and the hope for this world. And Jesus had had told them that you will be witnesses of this. In Luke 24, after his resurrection, he speaks with his disciples and he says, the Messiah will suffer and raise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. You are witnesses of these things. This is what he's repeating then in Acts 1, that that Jesus is the Messiah, that he was killed, but he rose from the dead, and that forgiveness and life are found in him. And that's what the followers of Jesus then and the followers of Jesus now are to be all about, being witnesses of these things. Yeah. So we ask ourselves today, what what does it look like to be a witness for Jesus, a witness for God, a witness of a a risen Savior. Um, And before we go into some of the details of the ways we might speak or the things we might do, uh, just want to emphasize that it's it's more than something that we do, Mm -hmm. but it's a way of being. Like God, the Holy Spirit is transforming us that we might be witnesses. And what's beautiful is that as as the Holy Spirit transforms us, as he uh, blesses us with love and joy and peace and patience, that transformation in our lives is a witness to the people around us, a witness to the people that see what the Spirit is doing. Powerful, powerful witness of changed life. We also witness by the things that we say. I love 1 Peter 3 in verse 15. Peter writes this, he says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason, to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and Mm -hmm. respect. Now, having experienced God, having experienced Jesus and the Holy Spirit, then share this with others. Give people the reason for the hope that you have. You know, I think of the word testimony or to testify. 
give your testimony, testify to why you have this hope. And this can be done in a, in a more formal way, say in a speaking engagement or a presentation. But I think this happens most in just casual conversation. As we talk with a friend or an acquaintance and say, hey, here's what's going on in my life. I'm, I'm experiencing hope right now because I'm experiencing the presence of God or because I'm realizing how much God loves me or I'm so thankful right now because God has answered this prayer mm-hmm. or maybe it's something along the lines, hey, I'm, I'm really wrestling with God right now because I have this question that I'm, I'm just not getting an answer to yet. Whatever it may be, whatever we're experiencing in our faith, just to be able to speak about that and to witness to others is, is so such a beautiful opportunity. And I love here in First in Peter how Peter writes, but do this with gentleness and respect. God doesn't want us to be jerks. <laughs> He really doesn't. He wants us to speak and to listen um, in love with gentleness and respect. Not only are our our words a witness, what we say, but also the manner in which we say them. That is a part of our witness, too. Absolutely. And that's the next point. We witness through the things we say, but we also witness through the things that we do, the ways that we live. And as I think about witnessing through the things that we do, I kind of think of two different categories of it. There's the things that we do because the Holy Spirit has prompted us Mm -hmm. to, the things that we are led towards. And it can be big things like moving to the mission field, or it can be uh, ordinary things like um, helping someone that's in need that Mm -hmm. we see. Um, You know, so there's many ways that we can take action uh, to be a witness for God. Um, but in addition to the individual actions, the intentional actions that we might take as the Spirit prompts us, there's also a posture in life that is mm-hmm. a witness. Uh, being intentional about the way we live amongst people will be a part of our witness. Our daily interactions with people as they witness the love and joy and peace that the Spirit is giving to us, uh, they come to know mm-hmm. a risen Savior. So to recap, Jesus has risen from the dead and he appears to his disciples. He describes how the movement of God, the the kingdom of God is expanding from Jerusalem all all the way to the ends of the earth. And this kingdom of God is empowered by the Holy Spirit and followers of Jesus are also empowered by the Holy Spirit to be witnesses for Jesus. And and that was back then and also right now, like we get to be a part of this witness. We get to be a part of this expansion of the kingdom of God. So that really is our invitation today. We are invited to be witnesses of the risen Savior that our entire lives, who we are, what we do, what we say, would reflect Jesus and would reflect the kingdom of God right here in our neighborhood and in our community. So today, we just want to leave you with this benediction. Leave us, because we're all in this together, with this benediction. May the kingdom of God grow here in our community. May we have eyes to see where the Holy Spirit is at work 
around us. And may we be witnesses of the risen Jesus. Yeah, let's pray about that. God, we thank you um, for Jesus. We thank you for hope found in his resurrection. We thank you for the way you have blessed us uh, with that hope. And God, we're thankful for the witnesses from the first century uh, that, that passed mm-hmm. on this good news. God, we thank you for the invitation to be witnesses in the world around us. Uh, by your spirit, will you empower us to be your witnesses in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So every week we leave you with a song. And uh, this week we want to leave you with a song. And it's a new song for me. I'd never heard it until this week. Uh, The song is by Elevation Worship. And it's called This Is My Testimony. And in the chorus, there's, there's two lines that really stand out to me. In the chorus, you'll hear, This is my testimony from death to life. Because grace rewrote my story, I'll testify. And I just love that because grace rewrote my story because we found such grace and hope in Jesus. I'll testify. I want to share that with others. And that's what today's message was all about. Absolutely. Hey, thank you so much for joining us, friends. It is good seeing Mm -hmm. you. Can't wait to see you again soon. Have a great week. Blessings. Bye.